You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday here on the Cowboys Blogging the Boys podcast network, and that, of course, means it's time to get riled up on the Cowboys with your man, Roy White. Without my sidekick, Tom Ryle, not going to be here today, but hopefully joining us back next week. You can, of course, check out all the great content at Blogging the Boys at bloggingtheboys.com. Make sure you subscribe to that YouTube channel, and then also check out all the content there at Blogging the Boys on Twitter. We'll keep you posted with two daily podcasts every single day along with all the great write-ups following your favorite football team here in Dallas. And, you know, we got a lot of excitement. We got a lot of nuggets that we're going to have to chew on and really marinate over because the Cowboys are fixing to take their final practice today, Thursday, after which they will have an extended break until we head out to Oxnard for training camp. So, We've got some things from Cowboys minicamp that I think will have the fan base excited. And it's worth noting here, whenever we're talking about minicamp, OTAs, etc., these are unpadded practices. In the minicamp specific case, these were seven-on-seven drills. They didn't even extend things to 11-on-11. So you need to be mindful that when we're reading these nuggets, when we're hearing about how well players are playing, they are playing without pads on, without helmets on, and that does make a difference in these situations. Having said that, right, there's plenty to get excited about. There's plenty that's been going on out at the star as the Cowboys get underway. And for you here today, I've got the 10 best moments. So far, the 10 most excitement-filled moments from Cowboys minicamp that I think you will, you will at least be able to marinate on and have some hope, right? Have some, some real feeling of optimism as we head towards Oxnard. Now, granted, a lot of teams are going to be feeling the same way. After mini camps around the league, that's fair. But for the Cowboys specifically, for a team that doesn't have a ton of holes all over the field, these 10 developments could prove to be extremely critical when the Cowboys take the field there in September later this year. So without further ado, the number 10 most exciting moment thus far from Cowboys minicamp are we seeing a Jabril Cox re-emergence? Or really an emergence for the first time. The exciting rookie two years ago out of LSU played just eight games before he tore his ACL. And thusly, last year was kind of a forgotten season. Uh, yes, he did play a little bit on special teams as he worked his way back from that ACL injury he suffered his rookie year. But we didn't hear a lot of Jabril Cox, and now entering his third season, there's expectation and really the hope that either 
this is the year he starts to find himself in this team, or this is the year where the Cowboys start to find alternative options. And at least so far, it looks like Cox is making his case to stay here and be a part of things significantly going forward. And there's an opportunity there for him with that linebacker group, especially knowing that Micah pa- Parsons, while listed as a linebacker, quote unquote, is really more of a pass rusher with this defense. So for Jabril Cox there on Wednesday, day one, not only did he have one, but two pass breakups in the end zone. The Cowboys had a red zone drill in which the offense obviously was trying to score late in the game. Jabril Cox broke up a pass there in the end zone. Team mobbed around him. Everybody was excited, thrilled for what they had just seen from Jabril, but they had a fourth down as well. And then Cox goes and knocks that pass down again. Another celebration ensues. And this is really exciting to see because most Cowboys fans, if you had hopes for Jabril Cox of what he could be, your hopes were lying in the fact that he would be perhaps a coverage specialist as a linebacker. He was a guy coming out of college who had a ton of coverage skills and was thought of maybe not as the most hard-hitting, right, uh, rush-the-passing linebacker, but he certainly was considered a guy who could hang with some of those more difficult slot receivers, some of those quicker guys on the inside, and it looks like at least – through the first two days of minicamp, and we've got one more day day today, of course. Uh, Through the first two days, Jabril Cox seems to be making a case for why he should stick around here and why he should ultimately be given an opportunity for that linebacker three spot behind Leighton Vander Esch and currently Damone Clark. Uh, The number nine development so far from Cowboys minicamp is the emergence of Cornerback Eric Scott. If you don't remember the Cowboys taking Scott there in the sixth round of this year's NFL draft, you could be forgiven. They traded up to take the Southern Miss product, who is an athletic freak, okay? 6'2", 200 pounds, but also with an 80-inch wingspan, runs a 4'2", 40, and has an 11-foot broad jump. So this is a guy who, uh, at a 39-inch vertical, by the way. So this is a guy in Eric Scott who Cowboys fans can be hopeful that maybe he could be the next Deron Bland. Now, I'm not necessarily saying he's going to be to the level of what Deron Bland provided to the Cowboys last year, but certainly no one would have seen Deron Bland coming as a guy who would contribute as much as he did last season. Well, starting out so far, Mike McCarthy said on Wednesday that Eric Scott has been the most impressive rookie of this entire group. And it was, in fact, Eric Scott who was earning the starting looks on Wednesday and Thursday when starters Stefan Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs were not active and participating in practice. So again, it's just a, a, a little nugget to keep an eye on. It would be very exciting for the Cowboys to find themselves a little bit more depth in that secondary. You can never have enough depth in your secondary, of course, because we know if one guy goes down, all of a sudden it's a mad scramble to try to fix things. So uh, Eric Scott and his development, both on the outside, but also, I mean, you just can't teach size and speed. You, you can't teach it in the NFL. And this is a guy at 6'2", 200, 
that will not be bullied by NFL wide receivers. There's not a whole lot of guys, maybe DK Metcalf out there, right, can take advantage of him, but there's not a whole lot of guys in the NFL, and hopefully, you know, for the types of guys that the Cowboys are looking at, the A.J. Browns of the world, specifically in their own division, hopefully Eric Scott gives them an opportunity to, to stand up in that type of fight. The number eight development so far from Cowboys minicamp, Tristan Viscaino, uh, not going to put this way high on the list because the expectation is that he will not be the kicker come week one for the Dallas Cowboys. And that's understandable. Stephen Jones obviously spoken about the fact that they're still interested in adding another leg, whether it's Brett Maher or Nick Folk or guys that they've had in here in the past or guys that they're considering here in the future. Uh, Stephen Jones said this week, he just didn't feel like the right guy was out there yet for them to make a decision on it, but that doesn't matter. They've still got to have a guy here in minicamp kicking kicks and Tristan Viscaino has at least done his part. He's made 15 of 17. Uh, he did miss a 43 yarder and a 52 yarder, but He's made a 55-yarder, and he's two of three from 50 so far uh, in the two days we've had to see. Uh, he also made a 39-yarder during a pressure situation in which uh, Jim Fossil kind of came out and, uh, you know, put the ball down very quickly, had all the linemen rush up to the line and get set, and then kick the field goal. Only 39 yards, of course, and it's only minicamp kicking, right? So, again... No helmets, no pads, no pass rushers. Not really the ideal stressful situation that you would want to have surrounding a, an NFL kicker. But at the same time, you got to remember that everything these guys do, every kick these kickers take in the NFL is being scrutinized, is being put under a microscope. So to that end, there is a level of pressure here, especially for a guy who certainly has heard that there's going to be more competition and that he's probably not the guy for this team come week one. So again, just good to see that they've got a kicker right now. That's able to put a through a, a few through the uprights, not something that you're going to consider to be a weapon by any means going into this season. But really I think Cowboys fans are mainly hoping that it's just not an Achilles heel, that it's just not a major flaw that they have to address uh, going forward. The number seven, development uh, and of course we're going 10 to 1 on the most exciting developments thus far from Cowboys minicamp who spotted this guy at pass rusher no it wasn't Micah Parsons right he's there all the time no it wasn't Damone Clark or a cornerback stepping up in there uh, and making things a little bit more exciting Leighton Vander Esch had his hand in the ground on at least one occasion, according to our friend Patrick Walker up there at DallasCowboys.com over at the mothership. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch is a guy who, hey, like he had arguably his best season a year ago since his rookie year. And it's clear that bringing, you know, having brought Micah Parsons into town has freed up Leighton in a lot of ways. Uh, it's taken a lot of pressure off of him because the spotlight's almost never on him, right? We're almost never talking about Leighton Vander Esch in a negative light. Uh, it's simply just what he's doing from an effort standpoint. And to see him lining up as a pass rusher, I don't know if that's going to lead to anything 
going forward. But Micah Parsons himself did speak to the media about his own uh, assignments going into this season and basically said, hey, you know, I'm going to be all over the field. I'm basically going to be playing about eight different positions this season. And if that is the case, then they're going to need to have these guys like Leighton Vander Esch and Damone Clark and uh, Jabril Cox all solidly performing uh, at the linebacker position. For me, though, like it's just kind of interesting to see the wrinkles that Dan Quinn can potentially throw out there. And th- that is not where it stops. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch putting his hand in the ground is, is not where it ends, right? They've got guys uh, from outside corner playing on the nickel. They've got guys lined up that would typically be outside pass rush- rushers that might be on the inside, right? Might be on the interior. So there are just a lot of chess pieces that Dan Quinn can use here. And it's fun to see him utilize one of those chess pieces in Leighton Vander Esch, potentially as a pass rusher, right? Just if nothing else to show teams that that's a possibility is an intriguing item to me coming out of minicamp thus far. Now, number six in terms of the items most exciting to come out of minicamp thus far. How about the offensive line combinations we're seeing? And we're seeing a lot of them. Granted, it's probably smart that the Cowboys go through these scenarios because we all know the expectation Tyron Smith will not play a full season. But at minicamp, Tyron Smith was playing over at right tackle in place of Terrence Steele, and uh, Tyler Smith was playing over at left tackle. Well, there at OTAs, Tyron's back at right. Uh, Excuse me, back at OTAs, Tyron's back at left tackle. Tyler moved back to left guard. They had another series in which Matt Walesco was playing there at left tackle with Tyler at left guard. That may be a scenario they need to get used to. As I mentioned, if you expect Tyron Smith to go down at some point, it looks like at least right now that Walesco may be the guy next in line to take that left tackle spot. You also have uh, Chuma Adoga who they signed as an undrafted free, uh, excuse me, who they signed as an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Interesting guy who they played both at tackle and at guard. Uh, he'll be competing with the guys who are already in the building, right? Josh Ball, who they're also trying to find some position flexibility with. Matt Farniok, who already proved that he has some position flexibility in the past, both playing center and guard. And then the new guy, Asim Richards, who we didn't really see a whole lot of, uh, at least not a lot of notes being uh, put out there regarding his performance or what he did during OTAs. But again, I go back to the the combinations here is the key. They're really putting a focus. There, there was a time, maybe five or six years ago, during the Jason Garrett era, where it seemed like the team really went away from versatility on the offensive line they wanted the players to do one thing and do that one thing extremely well and that's where much of their focus was in terms of training camp otas minicamp etc now it really seems like this offensive staff has put an emphasis on versatility and i think you can make that case throughout the team i mean i just got done talking about all the multiple options that dan quinn will have at his disposal I think the Cowboys offense is taking a little bit of that approach as well. 
trying to find guys that can play not just one, maybe not just two, but potentially three different positions because, you know, you always have to expect that you're going to have to do some offensive line shuffling, even if you don't have Tyron Smith. You probably need to have that expectation, but with Tyron Smith in tow, uh, it could be considered a near certainty in Cowboys land. So it's nice to see that they are taking the steps to mitigate that loss when and if it does occur. The number five most exciting development from Cowboys minicamp thus far as of Thursday Kelvin Joseph playing in the nickel. And it's not that he's playing in the nickel, right? Kelvin Joseph trying to find his way back uh, has had some off-the-field personal issues, which I admittedly am not a huge fan of. But then again, he's not been charged with anything officially. So you have to allow the legal system to play itself out and and give the kid an opportunity to uh, to play football truth be told. Uh, With that being said, Joseph is now working as a nickel cornerback, a new opportunity for him. And Mike McCarthy said that during his time at nickel, it is, quote, the best stretch he's had since he's been here. Now, of course, he's competing with the likes of Jordan Lewis there at the nickel, Israel Mukuwamu. They could move potentially up from safety to play a little bit more nickel corner. So Kelvin's got plenty of competition here, but the former second round draft pick, the number 44 overall pick was in that position for a reason from a physical standpoint, he's got all the tools. And now at least according to Mike McCarthy, it seems that his mind is also able to process and, and really play without having to think, right? I mean, that's the key of what, especially these secondary guys are having to go through is he's playing instinctually. He's playing fast. He's playing without having to think about what he's doing. He's relying on his keys. And, and that's the type of thing that I think, again, if you're looking to get excited about a few things, it's not necessarily a harbinger of what's going to come when we get to OTAs, right? Or excuse me, when we get to training camp, we've seen this a million times where players have shown out and then disappeared down the road. So again, I caution you with the excitement level here, but having said that as good as you could look, Kelvin Joseph has been that according to Mike McCarthy. Uh, again, we're going through the top 10 developments from Cowboys minicamp thus far. We're at number four, and this is where I think the excitement can start to ramp up. How about more pass-blocking emphasis for the running backs? For those of you like me that have been pouring over individual statements from coaches, right? basically the only little morsels that we can chew on, as I mentioned, throughout this offseason process, you might have had some fears that the quote-unquote Mike McCarthy version of this offense was going to include a lot more running the ball, a lot more killing and handling the clock, right? But this particular item from the Dallas Morning News' Michael Gelkin gives some idea to the fact, gives some hope to the fact that, hey, maybe the Cowboys might be an even more pass-happy team there in 2023 going along with the trend of the rest of the NFL, right? Again, I say here, there's more emphasis 
on pass blocking for the running backs. Mike McCarthy said the team is asking more from its running backs in pass protection than in years past. New running back coach Jeff Blasco has O-line coaching background and quote-unquote Tony Pollard has done an outstanding job in the leadership role. I really like the young guys in the room, according to Mike McCarthy, but specifically McCarthy says they have been spending a lot more time getting these guys up to speed on being able to pass block and contributing in that area it doesn't sound like they're going to go with the strategy of one guy being the pass blocking specialist, one guy being the pass catching specialist, as it seemed like sometimes they had in the roles of Ezekiel Elliott as the pass blocker and Tony Pollard as the pass catcher. Uh, Speaking of Ezekiel Elliott, it's worth taking a a little sidebar here because there was also a newsworthy item inside the Dallas.com, uh, DallasCowboys.com writings uh, that were picking apart these practices. And it came from a buddy of mine, Mickey Spagnola, who kind of wrote this part of it not even as an evaluation of um, of the practice. But, but here's what he said um, as just a side note on his, quote, Mick shots that he does. Um, quote, uh, oh, sorry, here, here's what happened. Mickey was leaving the building on Friday. He said he was leaving the building around 6 p.m. And as he was doing so, he noticed and recognized an individual walking back into the star. And sure enough, guess who it was? It was Ezekiel Elliott. Now, he's allowed to practice at the team facility, right? Even though he's not a Dallas Cowboy, the Cowboys opened their facility up to all sorts of players around the league that live and, you know, make home here in the offseason here in Dallas. So not really a surprise that Zeke was there. Mickey said he asked him, you know, what he was up to, if he was meeting with Jerry. Of course, uh, Zeke gave him a smile and was very coy about it. But the more pertinent thing came, right? That news in and of itself probably would have been nothing. Were it not for then Jerry Jones speaking on Monday, asked about potentially adding other free agents and was not mentioned Zeke, right? The reporters did not ask specifically about Ezekiel Elliott, right? So this is Jerry on Monday after Zeke had been in the building on Friday. This is Jerry on Monday speaking when asked about potentially adding more free agents. Quote, this is an active free agent market out there. I should do this in a Jerry voice, shouldn't I? This is an active free agent market out there. And I want to keep a close eye on it. I never shut the door, never relatively to the potential to smartly add to our team for this year. I emphasize that for this year. Mainly 99% of my thinking is this year. Oh, gosh darn it. I just lost my quote. Are you kidding me? There we go. Hang tight. I emphasize that for this year. Mainly 99% of my thinking is this year. You've got to think about the impact of other years when you make these decisions. You name it. Whether it be Zeke, whether it be the guys we worked out today, we're always looking to add depth, not just for training camp, but to the 53. Unsolicited. On Monday, after Zeke was in the building the week before, Jerry mentioned Zeke amongst the free agents that they're looking at, even though 
They haven't had an official workout with Ezekiel Elliott like they did with several other players earlier this week. Nikhil Harry, uh, probably the most notable of them, the former first-round draft pick uh, by the New England Patriots back in 2019, worked out for the Cowboys earlier this week. But this moment, right, Jerry specifically mentioning Zeke on Monday, reporters go, wait, what, Zeke? What? Jerry responds, it's no secret. Zeke is evaluating what his opportunities are, and we're evaluating what we're doing as well. The tea leaves, <laughs> you can read them as about easily as possible, all right? I, I'm telling you now, a month and a half before we get back, Ezekiel Elliott is going to be back with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know in what capacity. My hope is that it's going to be a veteran minimum, but I am very much expecting Ezekiel Elliott to be back with the Dallas Cowboys uh, maybe not by the time they get to training camp, but at some point he will be back with the Cowboys. In my opinion, that's just a prediction uh, based on kind of reading the tea leaves and all the things we've seen surround with this team. Jerry just cannot quit Zeke. And my hope is, is that, hey, they bring him back with the understanding that your role is significantly diminished from what it was before. Uh, Tony Pollard's the guy now. And if you can ride with that, then we can ride with you. And hopefully that is the case. But Either way, uh, Zeke would be a great influence on the room considering his own pass blocking prowess. So if they are putting more of an emphasis on pass blocking amongst amongst the running back group this season or this offseason, then maybe wouldn't be the worst thing in the world to have Ezekiel Elliott in there as a voice, as a mentor, especially if it doesn't come at a very high cost. Um, the third most exciting development, and we're down to the final three, of the most exciting developments from Cowboys OTAs, the combination, the combo group. And we're probably going to have to come up with a nickname for these two uh, once they start to do it on the field. But the combination of Mozzie Smith and Jonathan Hankins in the middle. Now, a lot of people maybe thought when the Cowboys took Mozzie Smith in the first round of this year's draft that they were doing it to solidify their nose tackle position, right? But the reality is both he and Hankins are run-stopping specialists, and there's no reason that the two of them couldn't see the field together. I never understood why anybody thought the two of these, you know, these two would be playing behind one another. Once they brought Hankins back, you knew he was probably going to be a part of the starting rotation. And when they drafted Mozzie Smith, you also felt like you're drafting a starter there in the first round. So not very surprising to see these two two out there but it is extremely exciting and here's why 273 169 113 those are the rushing totals that the dallas cowboys have given up in their last three playoff losses now granted as you can see they're getting better every year <laughs> They gave up 273 against the Rams. They only gave up 113 last year against the Niners. So we are improving, but I think Cowboys fans who've watched this team over the past few years would admit that as good as they've looked at times defensively, if there was an Achilles heel, it probably came against the run. And multiple times throughout the past two seasons, we've seen other teams exploit that against them it seems like the Cowboys have finally figured out the solution to hopefully, effectively, take that away from opposing teams. And 
you know, if it comes with the added potential bonus of maybe having an answer to your division rivals, most unstoppable English scrum type play in short yardage situations. I'm of course talking about Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. If Mozzie Smith and Jonathan Hankins can somehow provide the combination that holds up to that seemingly unstoppable play that the Eagles have run uh, and made popular last year, well then that will be worth its weight in gold, right? The two of these guys and they do top out between them at about 650 pounds total. So uh, that is an extremely exciting development to see the two of them playing together. I can't wait to see what it looks like in pads. And ultimately, you know, we're probably really not going to know until we get to a place where we're playing actual games and seeing the two of them lining up together. But that is one of those items that is extremely, extremely exciting for Cowboys fans uh, to see the two of them lined up together. The number two most exciting development from Cowboys minicamp thus far, Dak Prescott to Brandon Cooks. The wide receiver that the Cowboys traded for this offseason didn't make much of an impact in his first OTA there on Wednesday uh, because uh, it seemed like they were off just a step. Dak Prescott overthrew him, according to reports, and I think that was a smart, like, I think that was a calculated move by Dak Prescott. Uh, Brandon Cooks came in probably as a speedster going, as he maybe does with every quarterback he plays with, initially saying, okay, I'm going to throttle down just a little bit to make sure this guy can put it out there for me. And on the flip side, I'm sure Dak Prescott is thinking, hey, I've got to prove to this guy that, you know, he can kick it up into top gear. And I'm going to be able to put the ball out where it needs to be. So I probably think there was some calculation there of Dak throwing the ball a little too far. Maybe it made Brandon go, oh, okay, I got to I gotta hit that fifth gear to be able to get to it. And sure enough, uh, a few plays later, Brandon Cooks did find that fifth gear, exploded through double coverage as Dak Prescott hit him in stride for a 60-yard touchdown. Now, again, no pads. How much is the defense really, you know, caring or efforting, right? Were they playing a zone coverage? Was it in man? We don't really know any of those questions uh, or, excuse me, any of those answers. But it doesn't really matter. Um, all you need to see is one big connection like this from Dak Prescott to Brandon Cooks to understand that this is going to open up so much more within the offense, right? Not only do the Cowboys now have a field stretcher, something they did not have last season. And maybe you could argue they didn't have the season before, even with Amari Cooper into in tow. They now have a field structure that can, that can basically give the guys over the middle more space to work with, right? If you have a guy that can just get the safety to take three to four steps further back than he would have previously when he's playing against guys whose speed he doesn't respect, that is all the space that guys like Cavante Turpin, uh, you know, CD Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, who's been very exciting thus far in uh, in in mini camps, as well as you know the guys out the backfield, the Deuce Vaughns and the Tony Pollards of the world, right? A little bit more space for them, or at least a little bit more of a gap that those back end guys have to cover when they're trying to come up and make the tackle uh, against the likes of Tony Pollard. So to me, I mean, you don't need to say much else, right? It's Dak to Brandon cooks. It's a 60 yard bomb. If they can show that a few times this season, I, I honestly think 
the world is their oyster from an offensive standpoint. Like this addition to Brandon Cooks could help Dak Prescott so, so much. I don't think it can be overstated, and I don't think there's any reason Cowboys fans should temper their optimism around what the Cowboys offense is going to look like based on the addition of Brandon Cooks and, of course, you know Michael Gallup being another year removed from his ACL. A uh, quick side note here is I probably should have listed him amongst the 10 most exciting developments thus far. I just you know wanted to squeeze in as much as I could. Uh, Jalen Tolbert and his development. According to reports, Jalen Tolbert is playing with a lot more tempo, a lot more speed. He's not thinking nearly as much. And he even did catch a pair of touchdown passes this week in OTAs there on, uh, excuse me, in minicamp there on Wednesday. So Jalen Tolbert, last year's third round pick, who never really found his footing there with the team in 2022, potentially has a chance to find himself there in 2023. No real pressure on him to be that guy because now, you know, he's fighting for the fourth wide receiver role at best. And that's perfectly fine. I think that's a great spot for him. Takes the pressure off of him. And hopefully he can start to, uh, again, start to find his legs a little bit and develop with a little bit, uh, develop more with Dak Prescott, who, by the way, is taking on a great leadership role as we head to training camp, right? We've got a couple weeks before we head out officially to Oxnard, but Dak uh, does plan and has admitted that he plans on having multiple unscripted practices in the backyard, right? In his own backyard in the, on the field that he's got set up back there. So you can expect if you're hanging around on social media, specifically the gram, they're a lot more on the gram when it comes to sharing this stuff than they are on Twitter. My cup of tea, although I don't know how much longer we'll be rocking with that, but I digress. Make sure you check that out, Cowboys. I'm sure Dak Prescott will be getting the group together there at the Dak Yard, and uh, we'll have all the reports for it. We'll keep you up to date on it here at Blogging the Boys. So now we get to our number one development from Cowboys minicamp, right? The most exciting item that came out of Cowboys minicamp, and it's exciting because of my fandom for one Dak Prescott. This, to me, is the number one item, and that is the development and the introduction of the Texas Coast offense. What does that mean? Well, it's being described as an addition of horizontal routes designed to stress the defense with tempo and pace combined with plays that have worked well for the Cowboys in the past, right? So we're hoping they don't mean the curl routes, right? We're hoping they don't mean the all curls. We're hoping they mean, uh, you know, some of them, you know, maybe some of the RPOs that have worked in the past for the Cowboys. Uh, but here is a really interesting quote from Dak Prescott that makes me excited, but I also think puts a little bit more pressure on his shoulders. And that's the way it should be when you're the quarterback, when you're the guy with all the expectations. And also when you're the guy who, quite frankly, has been around here the longest. Look around. Has anybody else other than, you know, maybe Tank Lawrence and maybe a handful of guys been here longer than Dak Prescott, been in this building longer than Dak Prescott? We're getting to that point where the answer is, is no. He's nearly the longest tenured Dallas Cowboy and nearly the longest tenured guy in the building, including the coaching staff. So here's what Dak had to say about the Texas Coast offense and, and what it's bringing for him. Quote, 
I'm 100% able to change things. I'm expected to change things much more than anything. There are certain plays and certain situations that Mike can call one play, and there are three or four plays within that call, depending on the defense I get, and I'm expected to get to that look. The cerebral part, just sharpening that, and the signals are firing. It's awesome, and it's fun. Of course it's fun when you're in minicamp, and again, you're going against guys in no pads, not having to worry about pass rushers in your face. I would hope all that stuff is fun and all the signals are firing. Uh, and I would expect them to because I think extremely highly of Dak Prescott. If you listen to this podcast at all, I make no secret about it. I am a Dak head. I'm a Dak supporter, whatever you want to say. Like, I believe in the guy and... I don't see any reason why you should go any other direction other than Dak Prescott at quarterback. With that being said, this quote puts the onus squarely in his shoulders because now, right, whereas we could look at some of the interceptions that took place in 2022 and say, hey, maybe that was the wide receiver's fault, right? Maybe he should have broke in. Maybe he should have come back to the ball. Maybe that one wasn't on Dak. It's going to be a lot harder to say that in 2023, when Dak's also the one responsible for getting to the play call based on the defense, right? If the ball's now behind the receiver and interceptable, well, not only is the criticism that the throw might have been off, but there's also the criticism that Dak was the one that put them in that position to begin with, that he should have perhaps gone with another call. So to me, the Texas Coast aspect of this Obviously, that's going to get the headlines. You're going to hear all about the Texas coast as we head to the to training camp. And I'm sure you'll even get a few articles trying to break down exactly what the Cowboys are doing with the Texas coast offense. So that's going to be the part to be that is the most exciting. That is the most fun as we get into it. But hey, uh, there's also some expectations that come along with it. And, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan out there listening there's no shortage of expectations for this team any season, but heading in 2023, I might argue that they are even more heightened than they have been in the past. So there we go. We got the 10 most exciting developments thus far from Cowboys minicamp. We got one more Cowboys minicamp practice here on Thursday before, again, they take off to enjoy their offseason just a little bit longer, and then we get ready for Oxnard, California, that won't be taking place until late July. So we got a little bit of a lull between now and then. Chew on every one of these bits coming out of Cowboys practice, coming out of Cowboys minicamp. And of course, here at Blogging the Boys, we will keep you posted. We'll keep coming up with fresh ideas and fresh conversations to have around this team. And we want to have that conversation with you. So please, in the comments below, uh, by all means, tell me what you thought was the most exciting development of this Cowboys minicamp thus far. And since we got a whole nother day of it, we'll love to hear your thoughts on what we see here at Thursday's minicamp as well. So for that, thank you so much for staying riled up on the Cowboys. You make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and check out all the great content on bloggingtheboys.com. For Tom Ryle, I'm Roy White. You guys stay riled up on the Cowboys, and we'll see you next Thursday.